Welcome to the Evolution of Business podcast. Business is a series of evolutions. This podcast explores how to stay relevant in the hearts and minds of the people you choose to serve. It will look for the lessons and the failures of the past and share the success of those getting it right today. What is the next evolution of your business? Now, here's your host, Dave Clare. So I'll just do a clap to get the sound in, make sure we're all happily positioned in here. Okay, we're all good? Okay. Welcome to another episode of the Evolution of Business show. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Dave Clare, and today we have two special things, obviously one special guest, and secondly, on top of that, we are actually recording this podcast in Circle Leadership Headquarters, my lounge. And uh, here at my house, first one I've actually recorded in the studio here, so this should be pretty exciting. So today's guest is none other than Amy Jacobson, who's an experienced emotional intelligence specialist, a very passionate speaker, an inspirational leadership trainer, and a highly sought-after coach, and now author. Yes, how exciting. We're going to talk about that, I'm sure, too, at some stage. It feels weird to even hear that. <laughs> yes. So traveling with her husband and gorgeous children is Amy's second love. I wonder what her first love might be. It's probably those people. Uh, she loves meeting people all around the world and thus experiencing their way of life and truly appreciating their why. Now, Amy works with businesses and career-minded people uh, to achieve outstanding results, ignite passion, and develop strengths. Furthermore, Amy guides her clients on how to use emotional intelligence to create a clear path to high performance and success. Uh, you know, at one stage somewhere in my life, I demonstrated emotional intelligence at one stage. We're going to talk about that too, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. uh, Amy is an internationally recognized practitioner of NLP, uh, timeline therapy, and hypnosis. Please look into this watch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Can you actually do hypnosis? I am qualified, yes, wow. but it's not something that All this I stuff, I, I've known Amy for years, and I didn't know this about her. Uh, she's also a certified level two advanced coach. Uh, in addition to this, she also holds uh, an associate diploma in management and financial services, financial planning. Yeah. Wow. Uh, with over 20 years experience in the corporate world uh, and 15 of those spent in senior positions, her roles included transforming teams and the performance of businesses across service delivery, uh, new business sales, project management, product and technical. Amy has a burning passion and drive to see people reach their full potential, embrace their strengths and find their why. Whether it's running business, creating inspiring leaders, uh, and mentors or working one-on-one, -on -one, everybody needs a why. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my friend and wonderful guest today, Amy Jacobson. Amy, welcome to the Evolution Business Thank Show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here and hearing all of that, you've definitely done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, normally I reach out and ask the, the guests to provide their bio and I think I forgot to do that with you, so I had to do my own homework this time. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It reminds me what's on my website. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've always like to reflect where I, you know, was either introduced to the guest or, you know, how I met, because some of them I've met and the other ones have been through introductions. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to remember, like, I know where we first met face to face was at, the, I think, the Tom Peters event. Yes. But, like, I've known of you prior to that, and we probably either connected through social media or something yes, like that. Um, and, and then we went to the event, thanks to Gary Martin. We got to see Tom Peters, which was awesome. And, uh, and then we just sort of built on it from there, I guess. And then, yeah. We, yeah, then when 
We didn't really do much until COVID or the pandemic hit, and then there was the opportunity to do some stuff online. There was. Yes, we did the, that. You did the five series, the five uh, five liter, whatever, yeah, five days, yeah, yeah. and then we did um, a few other things. Uh, and now, like, I can't wait to do even more stuff. I know it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I can still remember the first time that we met face to face at that yeah, time. Yeah, I remember like it? holy crap, she's tall. <laughs> Like my length is in my legs, so when I'm sitting yeah. down, people don't realize yeah. how actually tall I am. And then throw some heels on as yeah, well, and I'm right. like, that's not fair. <laughs> no, I felt like Tom Cruise. I needed to put some pumps in my shoes. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, I just I, I've really, really loved your work. You know, emotional intelligence um, is something obviously that you know I, I, I struggle with at times, oh, no, <laughs> yeah. never. as we all as human beings, perhaps. But you know, I've always been fascinated with the topic. But I just, I just always really enjoyed and appreciated your approach. To emotional intelligence, um, it, you know, I, and I think that is something that I really look forward to coming out in, in your story, which I'm going to ask you to share in a moment. It's just like, you know, there's a lot of people out there who do emotional intelligence, but you know, and you don't need to answer this. I'm hoping your story will answer this, but you know, what makes you different? Like, why? Because you seem so personable about it, mm -hmm. and I, that's what I love. Like, and you spoke at um, our business evolution summit, and the feedback was the same. It's just really enjoyable to listen to you talk about the subject. You've broken it down into a really simple way, which for me, of course, uh, simplicity being one of our core values, it just it's just easier to digest. Like I've done and read a lot of other stuff, but yeah. when I just listen to you, I'm like, wow, that's just, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and I think that was, that is still my desire, right? Because I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with the mind and the neuroscience behind it. But it can just get so over complex. And yeah. I've listened to, listened to so many speakers and, and I think, to even understand what they're saying, you you need to already be a little bit emotionally intelligent, and I, I wonder how is that helping other people. So my whole aim is to is to make it simple and also actionable. It's mm. it's nice to hear yeah. about it, but what do I do? How do I get there? Because yeah, it's kind of like a it's like a fuzzy subject. It's not like a fluffy subject. I think it's a very very you know, and I think people mm. are starting to realize in the world today it's one of the most important things to master is your emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, but but I think it, it's still a bit fuzzy in the way people, it makes it sound this magical, mystical thing. Yes. Um, and like I said, like I, I've known so much and followed you in that. And when I'm just even watching you at our summit, it was just like, when you broke it down into it's like five steps, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. your five stages yeah. and that. And I thought like, wow, okay, I can actually understand how it works now and how to use it and how to apply it in my life. Yes. Um, and I think the way you've simplified that is just, You've taken all the magic and the mystic mystique away from it, or revealed actually here. Here's a simple way to do it. Yeah. So tell us then, please um, take some time now and take us on a bit of a the Amy journey. The Amy journey. Yeah. For you know, the next ten minutes, whatever you need to just share with us, like how did you get to be where you are today? Where did it all start? Um, you can yeah. go back as far as you like to start. <laughs> so totally all right. Up to you. All right. I will. I'll, I'll take you back quite far actually, because I think it's important. And the more people I speak to and work with as well. We know that it's those younger years that really create who we are and mold and, and create our values and beliefs that guide us to where we are today. Uh, so if I go back to my teenage years, yep. uh, I think... I can't remember back then. <laughs> bit blurry. <laughs> Some of those sites are blurry. Um, but yeah, and look, I think teenage years are so important and I work with teenagers these days as well because I think the pressures that are put on us as teenagers are huge. Mm. You know, we hit those teenage years and, and people want to know what are we what, what are we going to do for the rest of our life? What are we going to be? 
And for me in those years, I was always fascinated with the mind, absolutely fascinated with the mind. I would have loved to have gone into psychology. Right. Psychology was something that I wanted to dig deeper into along with school teaching, along with, you know, there were so many other professions that popped up at that time. But psychology for me was it, was it. And I was fascinated in criminology and forensics to really wow. understand what is it that makes those people do such extreme, terrible things when they are humans just like us? Like, yeah. How are they wired so different? And what I did know in my teenage years is that I was determined to go to university. I was the first person in my family that would uh, ever go to university and, and that was something I was really determined to do. But as those questions kept on coming to me as, you know, what are you going to do when you grow up? What are mm. you going to be? Uh, I have a very logical side of my mind uh, and by the time I finished school, I didn't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be. And forensics and criminology and psychology, I quickly realised that I'm a high visual person, so seeing those things, seeing those terrible things, I found it really hard to disconnect. Right. So for me, I knew that that would, would not be healthy for me to go into a kind of profession or an area like that, that I wasn't going to be able to have that separation. So at that point, I realized I don't know what I want to be. I don't know what I want to study. Mm. And for that reason, I'm not committing to university. I'm not going to commit the time and the money into something that I just don't understand what it even is and what those jobs do. Now, at that point, I completely, I can say it on your show, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, please. I completely pissed off my parents. Yeah. That, that's what happened. Um, my parents, my dad especially, was really disappointed and um, they kind of looked at me and said, what are you doing? You're throwing your life away. You know, this is one of the, the biggest mistakes you'll make. You're going to regret this, Amy. And when we have defining moments like that in our life, uh, I, I think we can go one way or the other. And for me, it was at that point that I decided to prove them wrong and to prove myself wrong. I, I kind of decided that I will show them that I can be really successful without going to university, yeah. that I will get that job and I will meet that. And look, it's, it's one of the mistakes we make. I think that we define success around a job and a, and a pay packet, but that's yeah. what I did. That point in time, I said, okay, I'm going to hit this bar and that means I'm successful and that means I've pro proved that I didn't make a bad decision, that um, you know I knew what I was doing. So I hit the corporate world and I was in the corporate world for 19 years, life insurance. So she saw with my financial services, financial planning. And I loved insurance. I, I loved insurance and I still love insurance. And I mm -hmm. think it is the fact that when people go looking for insurance, they're in an emotional state. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're also purchasing something that is not tangible. And mm. so it does, it's it's an emotional mindset acceptance of what you're actually purchasing. You're purchase, purchasing an emotional need that you cannot see at that point in time. You can't feel it, can't hold it, can't touch That's it. That's exactly right. You, you just, don't get the instant reward from it. No, yeah. you're actually purchasing a sense of security and sense yeah. of safety. Yeah. So, uh, but, I look at that actually. Yeah, so I was in the insurance industry, as I said, for 19 years. During that time, I was asked a question a lot of, you know, what do you want to do, Amy? <laughs> I still didn't have that answer. I said, as long as it challenges me, I'm fine. So what ended up happening during those years is that the company I was working for would put me into pockets of the business that were either a little bit lost or underperforming or disengaged or the culture was not great. And I would spend 18 months to two years in those areas working with that team, working on their emotional intelligence, working on who they were, getting the right people in the jobs. And then they would say, 
we've got something over here. What about over here? Are you interested in that? And I'd come over to another team that, you know, was looking for a little bit of guidance and a little bit of direction. Uh, and I absolutely loved that, but mm. I knew that there was still something more to mm. it. And one day I hit the, the job title on the pay packet that I had set in my mind that defined success. And I realized that nothing changes. I've arrived. I've arrived, what now? But nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I've so. arrived, but I'm still here. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's a real wake up call. And I yeah. think it's, for me, it's a message that I share with people to say mm. that if you're hanging your success on something materialistic, like a job title or a pay mm. packet, you're gonna be very disappointed when you get there. Oh, absolutely. Very disappointed. So for me, I hit that and I thought, there's gotta be more to life than this. Uh, yeah. And I really started to dig deep. And at that point I'd done all of my um, you know, my qualifications that you mentioned in my NLP, things like that. And I thought, there's more people out there that I wanna help and reach. And the only way to do that is to set up my own business and go for it. Why not? Why not? And I thought, do you know what? I thought if I'm going to believe in something in life, yeah. why not believe in myself? Yeah, well, what's the first thing that we should actually believe in in life? Yeah. It's probably ourselves. That's right, right. that's right. Why don't we teach that at school? Uh, I know, right? Don't get me started <laughs> on what we many teach teachers are listening to this, I'm sure there'd be <laughs> many great teachers out there who do teach that, so please don't take that that's as a blanket right. statement. But, um, it's about teaching who we are rather than what we will be. Right? Yeah. That's what I like to say. Yeah, and you know, like one of the things, and I love that, um, you know, because growing up, I was probably a little bit ahead of you at school there, uh, so a little bit older. Yeah, <laughs> but but the similar same, you know, concepts and patterns that back uh, when I was at school to when you were at school is who do you want to be when you grow like, you know, like thinking about, not like who do you want to be, like who, like what role do you want to perform yeah, in life when you, you grow up? Be. Yeah. yeah. Um, but one of the things I've challenged my kids, especially in their later years in, in, in schooling in that is, as I started to realize what was really more important is, you know, what problem do you want to solve? You know, and what problems do you see in life that you'd like to solve, that you're excited about, that, you, that you're passionate about, that you, you know, you know, what are those things? Mm. Because if there's anything we've learned um, over the years is that, uh, you know, jobs like today won't exist in five years right. or 10 years. And That's jobs right. that didn't exist 10 years ago are here today. And so we, how do we set ourselves up for, to be something that might not even exist anymore? That's right. But the one thing that will exist is us. Mm -hmm. So who, if we actually like, who do you want to be as a person when you grow up? Yeah. <clears throat> and then what problems do you see that you would love to solve? Like imagine that. It'd be very cool. And look, is that emotionally intelligent? It is. I, I'm pretty sure you just displayed emotional intelligence again. Yes. Right there. Yes. Winning. Tick. Tick. <laughs> I can have like 40 certificates. Like, <laughs> For each moment in my whole Every, 55 years that I've demonstrated emotional intelligence. At this point, at this point, at this point. <laughs> yeah. At this one stage in life, at this time, I demonstrated emotional intelligence. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm so proud. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think you're right, it is about you know solving mm. those problems. And, yeah. and I think for me too, what I work with industries on is that sometimes we forget that everything in this world was created to satisfy an emotional need, mm. a human yeah. emotional need, right? The clothes that we wear, the seats that we're sitting on. There is not a product or industry in this world that was not created to satisfy a human need, an emotional need. At some point, mm. some human said, wouldn't it be great if we had this? And yeah. wouldn't it be great if we had this? Because then I would feel like this. Absolutely. So it's trying to work out what is that problem that we're solving and what is the emotional need or mm. emotional driver that people will feel 
when they have these problems solved. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it's quite fascinating um, when you think about, you know, we've been trained or taught, and which is correct, the, um, the people buy an emotion, but we rationalize with logic, mm -hmm. right? So it's what I call emotional rationalization. So, and when I do any sales training with people, I said like, you know, so you have to help get to that, to the, you know, where X marks the spot, the, the hot button, whatever the why behind, because I find like a lot of salespeople don't care enough about the person that they're talking to to understand, yeah, but why do you, you know, I can say why, why you want it for your career and all that, but why is that important to you? Yes. And we can help get them there, then then obviously help them to rationalize with logic after. Mm -hmm. But we all, and everybody knows that, you know, men, women doesn't matter, masculine, feminine energy doesn't matter, we all still buy on emotion. Oh, but absolutely. we rationalize with logic. Yes. So, you know, I know we're, um, playing around with your story a little bit here, but the, like to me, I, and this is why I find you, your subject matter um, expertise in terms so fascinating for me because uh, I, I don't understand why EI isn't already so prevalent mm -hmm. in, like it should be like, why are we teaching that at school? Yeah. Look, I think we're getting better at it. Yeah. I, I think primary school years do it really well. Mm. I think when I look at, you know, prim my youngest, yeah. Colin, he just finished primary school. And when I look at the primary school, they talk a lot about values and, uh, you know, they talk about building your, your confidence mm. and, and all of that kind of stuff and being nice to each other and, you know, citizenship awards and things like that. So I think primary school does it really quite well. The years that we need it the most though are those high school years when you throw in, you know, puberty and massive changes and, oh, yeah. and bullying and, and where you're heading in life. And I think at that point in time, we, we go too heavy on the statistical side, hmm. too heavy on the IQ and not enough balance on the EQ. And, and we're yeah. seeing it with people coming out of university at the moment. They are coming out so book smart. Their IQ is through the roof. Their yeah. abilities are through the roof. And they enter into the workplace and they struggle to know how to deliver it. Mm. How do I deliver my IQ? How do I communicate my IQ? How do I how do I actually make it happen? How do I interact with these people? How do I understand them? And I yeah. think that's where we're falling down. And, and how do we even uh, handle people who don't have the same IQ as us and without making them feel inferior or anything like that? Yes. Because they're you know, an IQ is just it's a wonderful metric, which is fine, but uh, and I always said, some clients I've worked with recently, we talked about, you know, some people are gradual processors and some are mm -hmm. rapid processors. Mm -hmm. No reflection of intelligence. Yes. It's like some computers process at different speeds, but the hard drives could all be, you know, have the same amount of data and information in them. That's right. Um, and, but it's the ability to communicate and understand and the emotional flare-ups that happen because of frustration where a rapid processor can't get the answers they want from a gradual processor. The gradual processor is frustrated because they're being pressured by the rapid processor to make a quick decision. And, yes. you know, like we don't, you know, how do we help those two types understand how to be more emotionally intelligent yeah. about the way that their IQ is processed? Mm -hmm. well, and then if you're even throwing the modalities into right. that as well. So I, I can remember, I can remember working in the insurance mm -hmm. world and we actually had we had a new grad come through mm. and she was amazing, you know, really, really her IQ was huge and we thought that she's gonna be a massive potential here. And I can remember putting her into training with another person there. And the trainer actually came into me a couple of months down the track and said, I don't think she's as good as you think she is. Like, you know, she doesn't seem to be picking it up fast and you know, we don't know what's going on. And when I sat down and said, tell me how you're training her, the difference was is that the trainer was a high visual kinesthetic person. Mm. So they were, you know, they were mapping out and they were drawing pictures and they were showing them how to do it because they were high kinesthetic. 
the person they were trying to teach is a high digital person. And that high digital person needed to know the data. She needs to be able to sit down and read through the background of it, that see the process and, and actually, like, you know, if you were going to Ikea and buying yeah. something, she's that person that read the catalog from beginning to end, well, the instruction from yeah. beginning to end before she even picked up a piece. Yeah. Where the trainer, Or the Allen key. <laughs> yeah, the Allen key, that's right. But the tra person that was training yeah. her was that person that would just pick it up, maybe look at a few pictures and then start putting it together. Yeah. So it was messing with her mm. head and her ability to learn the role was yeah. getting impacted. And it wasn't until we pointed that out and said, you're actually training her how you like to learn, not how she will best Correct. learn. And it completely changed what yeah. she was delivering. Yeah, and that's, it's quite a facet. Like I said, when you think about all that, then there's modalities, there's IQ, EQ, AI, all, you know, throw all this yeah, into this yeah. quagmire of all this stuff that goes on. And then how do you find the simplicity or in, in that? And, and once again, this gets back to why I think what you're doing and the way you, you do what you do is so amazing because it, 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 to most, business people like I even I speak to it's like oh there's just all so much stuff and then you know learning styles and behavioral styles and communication styles like how do you sift through all the crap yes you know, <laughs> it's well, not easy no because human beings we're not we're not simple human beings in some no. sense we're very complex beings um, that actually thrive in complexity yes. Um, yes well let's say like love complexity but don't we thrive actually when things are simpler uh, yeah. but it yeah it's just sometimes we make things complicated just for our need to have them complicated. But we do, and I think that comes along with the fact that it, to be emotionally intelligent, I, I look at it and I think it's not rocket science, it really isn't, and once you understand what it is, it's quite simple. However, it goes against so much of the wiring of our brains. Yeah. So you, you're right, like yeah. our brains are wired to have high complexity and to be able to wanna to be juggling 50 million balls at once because we want all this information and we crave this and we crave that. And our minds also are programmed to always be right. Our minds are programmed to think about ourselves first. Mm. So every way that we've kind of, that we're brought up and the experiences that we have and, and the way that we learn through our earlier years, to a point goes against yeah. what, it, what it requires to be emotionally intelligent. So that's why I love, I love just hitting that pause button and really getting people to just stop for a minute, mm. look inside yourself, and really own who you are and then know how to create that rewiring process. So is that is that um, one of the key elements of becoming emotionally intelligent? I mean, a lot of stuff we that's talked about in leadership space or even in <clears throat> entrepreneurial world today is, you know, self-awareness and authenticity and vulnerable and yeah. all these really cool things. But is that really where it starts, emotional intelligence, yeah, is being yeah. getting that self-awareness? It, it is. Because we're is. not wrong for who we are. If we, as long as you're aware of who you are, and then it's how you then choose to use that in terms of the way you style flex or do whatever with other people, I guess, yeah. to me, that's how I would understand it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, actually, someone in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, another yeah. Canadian. Yes, yesterday morning <laughs> on Zoom. Um, but we were talking about Living the Living so close to America has made us very emotionally intelligent in oh, Canada. Okay. Sorry, Americans. <laughs> But we were actually having a conversation around, I think a lot of people think with emotional intelligence that it's about changing who you are and becoming a better person. It's absolutely not. It is mm. about knowing who you are and owning who you are and not working against it, but working with it to be able to build and become the best version that you can be, your capability. So it's, it's self-awareness and owning it is what mm. I like to say is where it all starts. You cannot get to any other parts of emotional intelligence unless you really own 
who you are and the impact that you have on the people around you. Yeah, and I, and I love that because once again, if you look at the words emotional intelligence, so it's, you know, it's being intelligent about your emotions. It doesn't say you have to actually change and whatever, but being intelligent about it, just knowing what they are, how to use them, when they work, when they don't work. And that's right. You know, when you think about it from an intelligence, it's gathering all the data. Yeah, that's right. You know, if you look at it in military terms, you know, the intelligence, what's the intel on this? Yes. It's all the information. And so emotional intelligence to me is, here's all the information about how you feel. Yes. And then how you choose to use that in different scenarios. That's right. How you respond, what you're scared of, what what your greatest fears are. Like I I hear people say all the time, sharks, clowns. Imagine a clown shark. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But yeah, no, with fears, people think that fears are all about, you know, facing your greatest fear and smashing through it. That's not always the case. Yes, yeah, I I do work with people to help to do that, but I think it's about understanding why that fear is in place and owning that fear and knowing how to mitigate it rather than all of a sudden going, I'm not gonna be scared of this anymore. Like, uh, like, you know, and I get then just maybe my joke about sharks, sharks are one of my greatest fears. Um, I could, you know, develop the courage to go into a tank and do the yeah. shark dive and do all that sort of stuff. Will it remove my fear of sharks? No. Yeah. But will it allow me to handle my fear of sharks or process or deal with mm-hmm. when I apply courage to and all those sorts of things? Yes. But like, well, like I don't think it shifts the fact that I'm ever going to stop being afraid of sharks. I'm not just going to go rampantly swimming in the, with the shark. Look, I'm not afraid of sharks anymore. Yeah. <laughs> shark bait, Dead. Yeah. Uh, the funny know, thing is though, Dave, is yeah. that when we actually have fears there, like, so your fear is the fear mm-hmm. of sharks, mm-hmm. when we actually pull that back, the fear is not usually the, uh, the shark itself. Oh, no, it's not the shark. It's the outcome. It's the, yeah. worst, it's the worst possible scenario, yeah. which is death, and, yeah. and death in a painful way. That, yeah, that is... that. like I've done skydiving and I have no problems with that. Yeah. So I love that. Like for yeah. me, you know, it's like never felt more alive actually skydiving. Yeah. Um, but get me in the water and I'll probably die before the shark got me. See, I know. See, I know. Yeah, well, that's, that's me. It's just a hard way to go. Yeah, yes. You know, um, yeah. you know, I used to race go karts and, you know, ride motorcycles and stuff. And like if I went out like that, I was going out doing something I love. Yeah. And, you know, as much as it would suck. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. The shark, the pain. Oh, yeah, just the like the, the horrid. Like, I think, you know, yeah, whether it's in the, in the water, and it's really fascinating when you start to delve into it. My mind's going, well, remember that time you almost drowned as a kid? Yes. Uh, like, when I was really swimming in a friend, one of my parents' friend's house, and then their son jumped off the, the diving board into my back. Ooh. And thankfully, their mother had seen just that happen, and she dove straight, like, fully closed into the pool to, to get me. But, yeah, and so I think, you know, yeah, so is there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, when we, but if I go, okay, so, uh, I can apply that. Maybe that's the driver of that. Um, yeah, and that for me being in the water, I just don't. I love being in pools. I'm fine now. Yeah. Um, but out in the ocean, yeah, yeah. on the water, no problems. Yeah, under the water. No. Just <laughs> yeah, like good. me, you know. Yeah. Clowns are actually no. I'm kidding myself because even clowns from a distance. Yeah. No good. No <laughs> yeah, you're hanging out with some clowns now. Yeah. <laughs> Like yeah. yourself. Yes, yeah. I took my red nose off just in time, <laughs> and I've got the big floppy red shoes over there. Um, yeah. So, so talk to me then. Like, obviously, uh, like the emotional intelligence is a wonderful, you know, I want to call it a tool. Or I'm not sure if that's the best way to describe it, but um, philosophy, everything like that, that it is the richness of that it is. Um, if you apply that, then because one of the questions I ask every guest is, what's the difference in growth and evolution? How do you see the difference between 
those two things? Because I, I, I see them differently, and I'm happy to mm -hmm. share what that is, but um, I want to understand what is yours with that, and then maybe even if you could layer in how emotional intelligence applies to growth and or evolution. Yeah, yeah. So I think growth, I've actually heard you speak about growth and yeah. evolution, which I absolutely loved because I think there are still some very gray areas for me between mm. growth and uh, evolution. That's sort of a mouthful to say it too, mm. isn't it? Growth and evolution. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, growth is all about, you know, it is learning new things and adding things in mm. and really growing as a person in who you are. Yeah. Where evolution is, it's just that whole next level. Like mm. evolution is really being able to take it up a level and making a huge difference and changing and evolving who you are or the people around you. Where growth is, I, I see growth as much smaller scale and it's it's more just adding information in than it is evolving in the person that you are. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I, like from a personal point of view, I just see growth being more of who you are, mm -hmm. being more of that. Evolution is starting to shift your thinking about how you see yourself, how you see your impacts, and you know, and, and increasing your capabilities and learning, you know, you said learning things and growth, you know, that's, that's definitely a gray area to me. I guess it depends what you're learning yeah. and what those new things yeah. might be. Um, but you know, as human beings, we're constantly evolving, right? Yes. So we've, as a species, you know, that's why we're still here today where a lot of ones have gone extinct because we yeah. continue to evolve and we always adapt. You know, we're evolving right now to live in a different world and the way totally, the world yes. moves and all that right now. Um, whereas if you just had a growth mindset, you might struggle. Yep. in that space so I, I you know i love the both of them have their place and mm -hmm. this what you know there's is one better than the other i just think if you have growth on the back of a you know lifeline of evolution and even mm -hmm. business or personal that if we're continually evolving as human being and then i have growth spurts in that sure, evolutionary because yeah. evolution is more a long term, long -term yeah. and it's also you know a progressive mm -hmm. you know, thing it's not like oh i've evolved yes you know, because the word evolved flies in the face of evolution. Yes, yes. Because you don't evolve. Yeah. <laughs> right? You evolution never really is a process. Get to that point, yeah. Do you? Yeah, I could have grown and been, become the best I can be with what I have today. Mm -hmm. But then as I evolve, then I go, oh, I can become even more in that. And then yes. I evolve and I can become more in that. And, and I think evolution for me aligns perfectly to emotional intelligence, right? Because I think the thing I say to people when they walk into my workshops is you're not going to walk out of here emotionally <laughs> intelligent. <laughs> Sorry, disappointing. But they grow in that room, right? Yeah. They grow their skills, they grow their knowledge, they grow everything that's in them. But in order to become emotionally intelligent, you need to constantly evolve and constantly put those skills into place, put those learnings into place and change, like you said, your mindset and evolve. And, and look, I teach this kind of stuff and I still have moments where even my kids will turn around to me and say, Mom, yeah. I wasn't very emotionally intelligent, was <laughs> it? I'm like, damn it. And I'm actually the wonderful tour that uh, works with me is a brains behind the outfit now. She's <laughs> yeah. learning way too much because she pulls me up sometimes now and yeah, it gives yeah. me my own medicine back. And I'm like, damn it, she's yeah. learning too much. Yeah, but like, and, and that's because I, you know, I even talk with clients and the people that I do with, like, we, you know, obviously the evolving yourself, evolving your business, all that sort of stuff. I'm not immune from it because I do it for a living. Yeah, I'm still a human right. being yes. as much as you are um, in terms of you're not immune from having moments of not. You, your, your moments of not are probably like my moments of having. <laughs> <laughs> At that moment, you didn't display emotional intelligence, Amy. Uh, yeah, yeah, out of your whole life, because I've had 40 moments that you didn't. Whereas me, there's 40 moments when I might have. But yeah, so if you look at it like that, it's a, we're, 
the, the human element, I mean, like that's all thing. So from a growth and evolution, I think it's just quite a fascinating uh, thought because I, I find a lot of people still, we've just like just drilled into people's mind about growth mindsets, even from a business point of view, grow your business, grow your business, grow your people, grow your business. Um, and I think that growth mindset, uh, and you know, I mean, one of my clears was, you know, uh, the problem with the mindset is it's mindset. Mm-hmm. Your mind's set on growth. Yeah. And if that, you know, that's okay in moments, but when your mind is set on that, it just locks out everything else. Yeah, you lose the why, right? Like, yeah. Why is it so important to grow? Right. And then, well, so we're just growing for the sake of growing because we got to go, we got to go. Yeah, yeah. And you, you see uh, a lot of that's happened in business and in, in leadership and in life. And a lot of people are now suffering because of that growth. Mm-hmm. Um, they're being left with this big thing they have to hold on to now when the market shifted over here and they're like, how do I manage all this? I don't have the resources or the revenue or the whatever to do this anymore. Yeah, they don't because have the adaptability. Yeah, because they haven't evolved, yeah. right? Yeah. So they just, just pack on more. Mm. Um, and so that I just think it's really fascinating and then just understand that from an emotional intelligence point of view, it, you know, it's funny because you need emotional intelligence probably to move to that and to move to that creates your emotional intelligence. intelligence. That's, yes. You're so complicated. I know. <laughs> but it's simple. simple. Yeah, yeah no, you are. Right. You're doing an outstanding job. So let's talk about Amy's own personal evolution. So when you think back throughout your whole life and everything, mm-hmm. when was, you know, what, a memorable, this might be the most significant, it might be, um, when you felt that you made like a, some progress in terms of your own personal evolution. Mm-hmm. It could be business or um, your own, you in business. We'll talk about business as a separate thing. Yeah. But your own personal evolution. When did you go next level or pivot yeah. or... I think that um, there was a couple of moments that really, st- that really, really stand out for me. And one of them I mentioned in my story was hitting that uh, that definition of success in my mind and mm. realizing that it wasn't actually success. Uh, there was there was a time before that, and it was probably about twelve months before, which actually started my thoughts around there's got to be more, right? Yeah. And it was actually walking in. The, the day that my husband and I walked into the bank and paid off our mortgage. Wow. And I'll tell you why, because I think this is something that so many humans can relate to, right? In life where, you know, you, you grow up, you get married, you buy the house, you have the kids, you do like, you do what life determines is the way to live life, right? Society standards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, and, and we bought that house and we worked really hard to, to pay it off as fast as we could because, you know, that was our priority. And, mm. and for us, it was all about, you know, we didn't like being in debt. Um, so we got to this point where we had that day where Mark and I were walking in to pay off the last payment of our mortgage. Yeah. And this is huge, right? Like the yeah. day that you buy the house, they give you hampers and gift yeah. packets and say, welcome, like golden keys, all of this kind of yeah. stuff. The day you walk in there, I had organized a meeting with the bank manager. Yeah. Now, I actually worked for that bank in the insurance yeah. arm. So I knew the manager, yeah. I knew the bank quite well. Uh, Mark and I walked in there, we sat down. I was very excited, you know, I get excited yeah. quite easily yeah. today. So you can imagine <laughs> how excited I was. Yeah. We sat there and we signed the forms and um, and I looked at her and the bank manager said, Way, well done. Just and, like that? And that was it. Yeah. And and I said, so what happens now? She says, congratulations. Yeah. And I thought, are you serious? Like, why are you still sitting here? Can you not get out of my office? Uh, uh, like, I'm looking, going, yeah. where are the balloons? Where's the streamers? streamers? Stuff to drop Where's there? my big hamper now? When you walk when out, the band's like, these yeah, people just true. made off their mortgage. <laughs> 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 out of the bank and it was a work day it was lunchtime right we walked out of the bank 
And I looked at Mark and I said, that was the biggest fizzer I've ever had in my life. I said, I cannot believe that for the last 20 years, we have worked our absolute butts off to get to this moment yeah. and nothing feels different. And I looked at Mark and said, we are now debt free. What do we do now? Because I hear so many people say, oh, once I paid off my mortgage or once I'm debt free, mm. you know, life will be amazing. Mm. And I looked at him and said, how will our life change now? And we looked at him and went, oh, I guess we could buy an investment property or we could go and do this. And I said, no, mm. like that is not, that's not what life's about, right? And at that point for me, it was looking at my life and Mark looking at mm. his and going, if there were no limitations in the world, now that we are debt free, mm. what would we do if we, if there was nothing holding us back and no limitations, what would we do with our life? And that was the starting point for me in my mind going, there is more to life than job titles, pay packets, paying off mortgages and doing what we think is success. Yeah. And that's when I really started questioning inside me, what what value have I got to give to this world? Yeah. What makes awesome. me truly happy? Yeah, and it's fascinating because if you go back to, um, you talk about that in your career and that when you said, I've arrived, but yeah. I'm still here. Yes. It was and I'm like still the, the same person. Yeah, and like nothing changed. Um, so that was twelve months later. Yeah. That the the paying off the mortgage yeah. was it was it was August mm. one year. The following year it was end of August yeah. when I hit that job title on that pay yeah. packet. And I'd already been thinking about it in that twelve months, mm. and then when I got to that point, mm. and when I hit that job title on that pay packet, I actually mm. resigned three weeks later yeah. from my job because I thought, yeah, this is this is not how. That's I crazy. Think it's eh? You know, and it's fascinating because my daughter, um, wonderful human being, um, amazing with the parenting that she received, but she turned out to be an amazing human being. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so no, no credit to her dad at all. <laughs> um, but like, I remember her coming home from school one day, and you talk about that, you know, that, and she said that it was probably year eleven, and she said, you know, because obviously me being her dad, I challenge her to, yeah. you know, and even with my son, and then he's both of the my sons to do things, but my daughter seems to go to those souls that just really embraces a lot of the stuff that her father says. The, uh, Sounds like a good child. Yeah, yeah, they're all great. <laughs> um, but she said, like, Dad, I've just realized all school wants me to do is to graduate, get a job, get married, buy a car, buy a house, have kids. She said, that's, that's what everyone, everything, it just feels like that's what they're pushing me to do. Yeah. And I'm like, so funny. yeah. And you know, and that, unfortunately, that's what happens to a lot of people. And it, I call the trappings of success. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get a mortgage, we have all that stuff, and we we have to then keep doing all the stuff we don't necessarily enjoy to keep paying for the stuff that we have. You know, it's a vicious cycle. It is. It um, is. So to see that you break through that, and it's very disappointing for the banks that, you know, and, and any banker listening out there, I think you know, if you you should be celebrating even more. Um, so yeah, up paying up their mortgage yeah. like that's a massive accomplishment. It's not for the bank, maybe. No. But it is for the client. Yes. And when you put the customer first, you would think, you know, like imagine where everyone, everyone in the bank, they stop making an announcement, every teller applauds you, and something like that, or like just something simple, that, that hey, here's another one of our clients who's achieved their goals and their dreams. Like how awesome is this? Yes. Yes. And then you, the way you might have moved forward to that organization might have been completely different. Completely different. Where they're no longer my bank. Right. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. You know, Evolution. Anyway, um, so let's talk about business then. So you know, you've got your um, your business now, and, and mm -hmm. that's how long have you been running the business now? Then? 
I've been full time in my business just under two years. So my business has been running for two and a half years. I've yeah. been full time in it for just under two years. Great. Wow. So uh, have you seen any, noticed any evolution just even in the last two years in your oh, business? Massive. Yeah. Massive. Because most people think, you know, like once again, like, oh, I would have been, like, there'd be no evolution, you know, three, five years may be okay, but even a two year window. Yes. Um, and in today's world, you know, businesses that might have been around for a longer time, but like anyone started in the last few years, like yourself and even my, myself, like the circle leadership as it's today has only been running for three years. Yeah. Um, but the evolutions in that have been phenomenal as uh, well. So. And I, and I really think that if you are open-minded mm. and you're adaptable and you really listen mm. to, to what the problem you're solving yeah. is and what the emotional need that people are looking for in your business, yeah. then you don't need to be in business for 10, 15 years to be able to get it to where you want. No. You can do it all in a very short period of time if you are willing to give it that. Yeah. And, and for me, if I look if I look at my business today compared to what I thought it would be when I went out into it full time, it's completely different. It so, really what, 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 so what has evolved in your business then in terms of, just, just give us an example then of what that evolution looks like. Um, because a lot of other um, business owners, leaders out there are going, okay, that's awesome. Like, but what is that? What does it look like? What, yeah. Describe that, one of the evolutions of your business. Yeah, sure. If, if I describe, I'll, I'll describe my earliest one yeah. and then I'll describe my most current one. Please. So my earliest one, I, I went into my business with very, you know, structured, coming from the corporate world. I had it all laid out. I had my business plan. I had my strategy. I had it all ready to go. Very structured. You know, yeah. this is what I'm going to do. This is how I roll it out. And I can remember my first two weeks, it might have not have even been two weeks, it might have even been a week, week and a half. I had a you know a lot of appointments that I went out and I spoke to people and you know went through what I was offering and and what my business was all about. And I can remember sitting down within that two week period and changing, completely changing my business structure and what I was offering. And my husband looked at me and he said, What are you doing? And I said, It's wrong. Like I I'm, I'm, I'm going to redo it. And he said, Amy, you've been in business full time less than two weeks. And I said, it was long enough for me to realize speaking to those people that I had designed it from my point of view and not from theirs. I designed what I think they need. Mm -hmm. We're sitting there talking to them. I could see it was actually not the way they wanted it delivered. So that was one of my first things. I think that we create this amazing business, right? Or what we think is amazing. And in our mind, we're thinking, like, as soon as I launch this, people are gonna go crazy over oh. it. Like, I'm, like, they're gonna be pounding down my door. I don't even know how I'm gonna be able to service it all. Please pay attention to this very important <laughs> point right now because it's, it was the biggest lesson for me. It's so, like, oh. and we launch it, right? And then we sit back and we go, Come at me! Yeah. Like, here we why go. is the truck not backing up? The doors are like opening up, and <laughs> clients falling out. What the heck? Are That's you guys, right. <laughs> are you guys there? Hello, hello. Did you not see what I yeah. launched? Like, <laughs> do you not get it? This is amazing. <laughs> why don't you so, know? Yeah. So to me, that was uh, at that point I realized that. And look, I think I see it in a lot of business mm. owners where they roll it out and they sit back and wait. And then they wait, and then they wait, and then they get frustrated, and they're like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? And to me, that biggest evolution moment was, you've got to be willing to change and adapt, change and adapt, change and adapt mm. constantly to be able to say, what is that problem I'm mm. trying to solve? What is that emotional need I'm looking to satisfy? And what is the best way for me to do it for them? Mm. Not for me, yeah. for them. 
So that, that was very early in my yeah, business. That, and that's awesome because to me, you know, even like a very similar, like I launched the book, the other thing I was going to be the speaker, author, I was going to do this coaching stuff. It's amazing. And, and like virtually the first year I was out, it took me a year to work it out, not two weeks. <laughs> uh, I just kept pushing and the stubborn Aries, whatever, I just kept pushing or lacking emotional intelligence. I just kept pushing. It's going to work. It's going to work. Uh, big bop, bow. And then, then, then that's when I did that four month case study and I went into with 25 business owners, leaders and went into the businesses for four months yes. and, you know, in their engine rooms, in their kitchens, everything like that to find out what their challenges were and everything like that. I kind of knew the why and, and think, but the how and what yep. was wrong. And, and, and this is what really to help people to understand is, you know, that problem you're passionate about solving in the world um, will always exist, but mm -hmm. how we solve it today and what we do to solve it is can and will change. It will. And that's part of the evolution part of your business. So why you do what you do won't change, but how and what you do will always change. Yes. But if you're, and once again, if you're growth and just doing it more of the way we already do it to do more of what we're doing, mm -hmm. then you're not evolving. That's, that's exactly right. right. And it could be just even two weeks into your business, you need to adapt and change. Yes. Um, you know, shift your mindset. Like one of the biggest evolutions when I was listening to you there is like, you decided to flick it to the other way and go, hang on, let me hear what they have to say, not let them hear what I have to say. That's right. That's right. Because I think I know what's best for you. Yeah. And no one likes being told what to do. No. And, and do you know what? It, it was probably a very big learning for me in corporate world mm. as well that so many organizations decide on a project and throw millions of dollars into this project. And halfway through or two thirds of the way through, they know it's a stuff up. Right? Yeah. And they know they've screwed up, mm. but in their mind, they're so determined to make it work rather than admitting mm. and actually pulling back and, and maybe going, okay, you know, we'll take that $2 million that we put into it as a learning mm. and hit pause and redo it. But majority of the time, they just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and then they roll it out and they push and that $2 million ends up to be $5 million that they're thrown in. Mm. And eventually, it doesn't work for the same reasons that they knew it wasn't going to work two-thirds of the way through developing it. Yeah, and I think that's, like, that's if you look at it as an investment in the learning, um, one of my uh, great clients back in Canada, the, the, very, very mature company, 95 years, but the um, the CEO, like he's the second generation now, his third generation son and another, one of the operations managers now, they're CEO and COO together. But they tell the story about when Nigel, he was um, working on job, quitting a job, yeah. And they won the work, and after they got started, they realized they'd unrequited the job by a million dollars. <throat> and so he, as they tell the story, he went in there the next day with his resignation to sign and sign and said, "Look, you know, I failed the company." Yeah. And here's my resignation. Mm -hmm. And Wayne, in his wisdom, turned around and said, "I just spent a million dollars on you. I just invested a million dollars in you in that learning opportunity. Yeah. Are you going to do that again?" He goes, "Well, no, yeah. right? You know, kind of thing." And, um, because he, Wayne was very emotionally mature um, as a leader. If I looked at some of the leaders in my early days that I had the pleasure of working with, he would be definitely right up there. But to, just to have the emotional maturity and intelligence to go, I just invested a million dollars in you. And now he's the COO, the guy who invested a million dollars in from operations manager to, to yep. co-leader of the business and co-owner of the business with the son, so with and, Todd. And a lesson like that, I'm yeah. sure he's made way more than a million dollars oh. for that company yeah, because he learned the toughest lesson. Yeah, his and then job. his ability to impart that onto other people and right. you know, that, yes. you know, uh, but but that's a tough pill to swallow when we're taught in business not to make mistakes or yes. that we don't have a failure is okay mindset, mm -hmm. <clears throat> even no matter the size of the failure. Yes. 
So it's, you know, it's fascinating to, when you can start to embrace that and as learning opportunities, mm -hmm. um, and anyone listening to this, I would highly encourage you, you know, seek to avoid making the million dollar mistakes. Yes. Um, but, you know, throwing you more after, but yeah. throwing more after, like, okay, well, let's just see what we can do the best out of it. Yep. No, we're still going to lose, but we're going to put more resources Into to that loss. <laughs> Frustrate more people. Yeah, frustrate more people yes. and try to minimize the damage rather than cutting our losses yes. and saying, let's take the learning now, let's pull the learning now mm -hmm. and then do something different with it. That's right. Yeah. And you know, no, that was like for me, I got to stage like, okay, Dave, you've lost so much. How much more do you want to keep pushing on this to realize that it's not going to work? No matter yeah. what you do, mm -hmm. it's not going to work because you're not addressing the needs of the people that you choose to be relevant to. That's right. And then that's when I switched gears and did the case study. Yeah. Which was a bitter pill to swallow, but it was a, one of the best learning, and it's actually set up the work that we do today because of that. Exactly. Like it's not saying. Very good learning. Yeah. So as we move forward into the future now, um, look at what your evolution of the past couple of years has been in, what are you looking for? What are you looking at? What are you seeing? Or what are you not seeing that you're looking for, say, in the next three or five years, as you think to evolve your own business now and carry it to this next evolution? Yep, so that leads straight into my, my second evolution, yep. which is my very recent one, yep. which is setting me up for the next three or five years. Yep. So I've had a couple of big evolutions in the last six months. Mm. Um, I've, as you mentioned before, yep. I've written a book, yep. um, which I didn't intend to do this mm. year. Uh, but it came to me and I felt like now's the time to do it. So that is very exciting. But my, my biggest evolution recently is I knew I had a gap in my business. I knew I had a gap in my offering and I just wasn't sure what it was. And, and I roll out a lot of programs, a lot of workshops and I work in the, in the workplace, emotional yep. intelligence in the workplace. However, I had people coming to me afterwards and saying, individuals coming to me afterwards and saying, how do I do more of your courses, more of your programs, understand more? And I, it, it really annoyed me that the only response I could have for them was, well, actually, you know, if your company books me, we come in that way, or we can do one-on-ones. Mm. I tried a few different things on online programs, mm. and that was a fizzer, um, still there, but, you know, pretty much a fizzer. Yeah. Uh, and I got an opportunity a couple of months ago um, that I did not see coming, I did not go looking for, but an opportunity to be able to involve my business and help another huge part of the world. And yep. that is in, uh, you know, in females, middle-aged females, yep. even though we do not like the word middle-aged, let's just go with females. Yes. Females. What um, is middle-aged today anyway? Oh, I don't know. Let's say middle-aged is anywhere between 20 and 50. How's yeah, that sound? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah. Good? Well, 20 and 60, maybe. 20 and 60. 20 and 60. Well, humans were lasting long. I'm 55 almost. Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm going to punch 100. Yeah. I, I can't wait to get that letter from the Queen. Yeah. I, I don't know if I will, but I'm well, Canadian, part of the Republic, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you should. You should. Yeah. You should. Commonwealth. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, yeah, for me, that evolution was about looking and, and thinking, okay, I set out on a mission to, to really... Um, disrupt mindsets and to be able to get rid of that misconception of emotional intelligence mm. and get people to own who they are and you know become that best version of themselves and I was I feel like I'm doing that in the workplace but there's this other gap of how can I help individuals mm. so yeah my business in the next couple of years has got a throw off um, another company which I've now become part of um, and that is in Rising Queens and that yeah, is Yeah, I've seen that. Helping, Very exciting. Yeah, helping <clears throat> to transform 
women's lives who have just lost their identity and lost who they are in themselves and right. are just playing so many roles in their lives from you know mother to wife to to business mm. owner to sister to daughter to you know all those different roles we play and we actually lose who we are so I'm excited about that evolution, the evolution of being able to work with a completely different area. And also it's an evolution for me to be able to take all of my EI and align it to uh, to that area more specifically yeah. in the workplace. Um, so that's one of my big evolutions. But as I said, I, I'm on a mission. I yeah. set pretty big goals. Um, I don't believe that anything is impossible in mm. this world. I think that it just comes down to how bad you want it and what you're willing to do. Yeah. And my evolution will be to impact this whole world and change awesome. what people think of emotional intelligence. And it's going to happen, Dave. Watch this space. What's the evolution of emotional intelligence? Oh, the evolution of emotional. I love that. Yeah. The evolution of emotional intelligence is that it becomes simple for one and yeah. actionable. Um, but I think, too, the evolution of emotional intelligence is that it stops being that afterthought and that buzzword mm. and actually becomes a priority for organizations, for people. I've noticed in the last six months when, when COVID mm. hit, um, you know, some people have been fortunate with COVID, some people have been really unfortunate. Mm. And the part that I think is a silver lining with COVID is that I have seen in the past six months, people hit the pause button and really look at why. Right. why they are doing what they're doing, what is important in their life, and for organisations to stop and realise, actually, it's not all about the bottom line. It's not all about the product. Mm. It is actually about the emotional driver. It's about the people. The yeah. people. So I would challenge you to reframe emotional intelligence in the next three or five years into a more actionable, because, and I'll, I'll, let me preface this, because I think this is really important to know. Um, <clears throat> so leadership, is it a um, <clears throat> excuse me? Something you learn, or is it something you're always learning? Leadership is. Mm. I have to say, I believe leadership is behavior. Right. So, is it something you learn, or is it something you're always learning? Oh, you're always learning. <clears throat> you never know everything right. about leadership. So, right. So, when what I what one of the struggles I've seen, what I challenge today is that I don't do programs. Yep. I don't do any leadership programs. I don't. Yeah. I do leadership processes. Yes. Okay. Because yeah. to me. When someone's gone and done a five-day leadership course, they get their big certificate and goes, you're now a certified financial planner. You're now a certified leader. Yes. And so when someone says, you know, you, you, are you evolving or developing as a leader? No, I've got the certificate on the wall already. I'm, I'm already, already a leader. leader. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. Mm, so if I've done my emotional intelligence training, oh, I'm already emotionally oh, no, intelligent. No, I'm not. No, 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 <laughs> clearly. I'm oh, not. You are, you are. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay. I'm all right with that. Um, uh, that's how emotionally intelligent I am. I'm all right with the fact that I'm not emotionally intelligent. <laughs> Uh, that's an oxymoron, maybe. The, um, but like, I would just challenge that, uh, not to answer it right now, but like, yeah. what's the next, when I say what's the next evolution of emotional intelligence, yeah. is to me, it's because um, right now it's becoming a popular thing, which is great and it should be, we should be in schools, all this stuff yeah. we've talked about. But what's the evolution of emotional intelligence in its own right as a concept? And, you know, what's the next thing for emotional intelligence where we move it away from, well, I've done my emotional intelligence training yeah. to, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, to me, it's like, if you look at it from intelligence in the military terms to then to moving into tactical and strategy and operations and yeah. and and it's you know it's all part of the whole thing and it's we're 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 not going oh i've done that yes i'm with you i am that mm. you know the, what, what is that yeah it is that priority and that yeah. focus right and it's funny that you mentioned that because i was i was having a conversation actually from mm. a rising queen's point mm. of view i was having a conversation mm. with the ladies 
earlier on this week and I said to them when you're looking at that, it's not a 12-week program. This is not, you don't get to the end of the 12 weeks. It doesn't say risen queens, it says rising queens. That's right. You don't get to the end of the 12 weeks and go, yes, and then throw it all out the window mm. and go back to who you were beforehand. Mm. It is a transformation. And I think emotional intelligence is, is very much the same in that you're constantly evolving, you're constantly learning the skills. So you're right, is, is the word emotional intelligence, which I've never been a fan of. So. Yeah, you know, it's a very yeah. tactile word. It's but a very yeah, it logical word for an emotional thing. Yeah. Um, so to me, like, I understand that that's what I would certainly challenge maybe, your thinking. Maybe of. I'm going to recoin it, Dave. That's what I'm saying. I think you need to reframe the whole thing. What is the future of emotional intelligence? What's the evolution of emotional intelligence? It's not to be called emotional intelligence. Yeah. What is it then? And I would say that's what I would plant that seed. In your head. It's already done. Right? That seat is in there. Mic drop, I'll move yeah. out of here. We're good. Um, okay, so Amy, I have uh, one more question for you uh, before we get all your details so everyone knows where to find the amazing Amy Jacobson. Mm -hmm. And every guest, I ask a random question Ooh. from 1 to 31. You don't get to see what the question is. Okay. But you get to pick a number from 1 to 31, yeah. uh, including 1 and 31. Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever that is, you have to answer the question though. Okay, 18. Oh, 18, let's see. Oh, fantastic. This will be interesting. Ooh, 18 okay. is, uh, what score would you give me as a podcast host on a scale from 1 to 10? Ooh. <laughs> That's the I, first time anyone's asked that question. I like that this question's about you. This is There's the only one, I think. Yeah. This is good. Yeah, it puts what, me in the hot seat now. What would I give mm. you? I, I think I would give you a 9.5 out of 10. Ooh. Now, my next question would be then why? why and what would I need to do to get that extra point five? <laughs> Although I'm very excited, thank you. I very like a nine point five is like, is is awesome. Thank you. Um, so I'll embrace that and say thank you for that. Before I give you the yeah. answer, I'm just going to let you know mm. that the question that you just asked mm. was very emotionally intelligent. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh. Very much so. So <laughs> it is all about that. As soon as you've got a rating, for me to be able to give you a nine and a half means that I've defined what a ten is in my mind. Right. Or else I wouldn't have been able to give you a score. So what is that difference? What is that mm. point five difference? Hmm, why did I give you a nine and a half, Dave, and not a 10? I can tell you why. You can't, it's my definition. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you why I think. <laughs> I would say the point five is, I'm a bit hot in here. Not rating me as a host because I'm not my I guess so yes, because yeah, I I have the air con it's on and everything. Experience. Yeah. It's my experience here. Well we like to bring the heat on the evolution of business show. Yeah, though. you do. <laughs> but I actually I actually think you're really I'll tell you why, and I've been on a few podcasts today. I'll tell you why I like this. I love a very casual chat, but I also love the fact that you listened to my answers and you didn't just rattle off the next question hmm. you actually brought my answers into the next questions and you were able to be relate relatable to them as well thank so you. i really rate you as well thank you you haven't been on dave's podcast <laughs> yet get on dave's podcast boom get here <laughs> um well what did you think the point five was for um because that perfection is a direction not a destination and if you gave me at a 10 of 10 it would have capped me oh. and that you believe that i can be more and achieve more and because uh, you believe in me that you need to give me that little room, that little wiggle room to say that you're awesome, but there's still room to, to improve. Again, very emotionally intelligent, Dave. And you have. That's like three 
moments of emotional intelligence in this one podcast. You have actually. You, you That's like the, I've had the trifecta, I've had the hat trick of emotional <laughs> intelligence. That is exactly why I didn't give you a 10. Is it? Because it, it is, because I think that. See, I told you I could tell you. If, yeah. <laughs> because I know how you think. Yeah, because if I gave you a 10, there is no, there's no try. That's right. And, but you gave me enough to make me feel really good about myself, which so I appreciate. Um, but you still left that little bit of room to go, what the hell do I need to do now to get a 10? This is, I don't know if this is good that people are learning this much about I've been hanging around. See, I actually listen to you. <laughs> you know, so I want to say, like, I don't just say I listen to you. I, I, I love your work. I, I see that stuff. So um, if other people want to see your work and want to fall in love with more of the stuff that you're doing. Yes. With the wonderful Amy Jacobson, where is the best place for them to find you? They should head to my website. It's probably the first place, which you'll find at findingyourwhy, the letter Y, dot com dot au. I'm on all the socials, though, and I know everyone says it, but I really do mean it, Dave. I love having a chat. So mm. if you want to contact me through <clears throat> socials or text me or call me or email me, I'm always open to having a chat. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, awesome. So uh, thank you so much for coming on the Evolution of Business show, Amy. It was uh I'm so excited to have you come on as a guest. Uh, you know, you're following uh, some great people like our good friend Shil Shangavi. Yes. So, uh, you know, it's just He's great to have. Man. Yeah, it's just and some of the amazing people to have you uh, with all that people that I get the privilege of having a chat with. Um, it means a lot for me to have you come out here and enjoy my show. It actually meant a lot to me to, for you to ask oh, me, Dave. Thank so you. thank you so no, much. No, it's great. Um, and anyway, so guys, so tune in next week for the next episode of the Evolution of Business show. But after you absorb the amazing Amy Jacobson and all the great wisdom that she's uh, espoused onto us today. And remember, always seek to be emotionally intelligent. And if you're not sure how to do that, talk to Amy. <laughs> Can't wait to hear from you. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye. So we're check one, two, check, test. So if we're sitting here and I'm reading out, Amy Jacobson is an experienced emotional intelligence specialist, passionate speaker, inspirational leader, trainer, everything, all that cool shit. And if Amy speaks, what does she sound like? Oh, she sounds fantastic. What a voice. That's what she sounds like. She sounds amazeballs. <laughs> uh, Amy has a burning passion to drive, sorry, <laughs> I can edit this. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.